Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on, Coach Luca? Back here with the Vigor Life Podcast, and um, today's episode, I'm gonna, I'm gonna dive into some strategies that are honestly universal. It's not has nothing to do necessarily with, I would say, um, you know, a fitness business or a specific type of business, but more just success, being a champion. I, you know, lately I've been reading a lot on, um, I would say, books from from great coaches in basketball. I'm, I'm kind of taking it back, um, going back and reading a lot of things that, you know, I would say helped me become successful in basketball, you know, going through I would say, you know, from high school to college to pros, um, you know, what a lot of my coaches taught me. I went back through a lot of the notes. Um, I ironically, it started like to me and Martin Rooney were talking and he um, brought up this book from uh, Jay Billis. And, and, uh, and I, so I got the book, started reading it, loved it. And uh, and then he sent me uh, Martin also sent me uh, Phil Jackson's book. And I also read a book from Kevin Eastman. So it's like, I've kind of been diving in this. Uh, I don't know if I'm not, I'm not necessarily having nostalgia. I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately just, you know, I think a lot of times there's so much wisdom and so many things that we've learned along the way in our life. And we kind of miss the lessons, right? When you, when you think about like all the Stoics, the Marcus Aurelius, the Epictetus, the Socrates, that, I mean, you know, the, the wisdom that they, it was like they lived life, they experienced life, and then they shared the things that they've learned. And, you know, throughout the years, I actually did, you know, write a whole bunch of stuff uh, that I learned from my coaches, but, you know, I never took enough time to really go back and look at it, like these aha, you know, moments and these wisdoms and stuff. And so I wanted to share some of the things that you know, I read from the book, some things that I, that I, um, I would say that I went back and, and looked at and took. And sharing with you because they're so, you know, even as I'm, as I was going through it, like I said, both through the books, both through my mentality coming up as, uh, as a basketball player. And for me, always kind of being underdog, not, not being the kid that's like, oh man, that's the, you know, LeBron when you're, you're 15 or, uh, you know, my countryman who I'm actually very proud of, Luka Doncic, you know, who is a absolute monster. Um, I actually played with his dad, um, back in the day. And he is as good as they say he is and better. Um, but, you know, I, I, I was the kid that's like, uh, I would say wouldn't fit the mold of a basketball player. Like even when I came to college, it, you know, uh, uh, whenever I'd be like, man, you, oh, you play, you're an athlete. Oh man, like you must be on the football team. And I'm like, nah, man, I play ball. And people would look at me funny because I was shorter and, and pretty stocky, right? Because because uh, I'd always uh, have lifted weights and whatnot. But these are like, this. these are the, the lessons that I want to share. I, I want you to, um, and have you consider, I should say, you know, really taking this in, cause think about this success, being a champion. I, I love that word, you know, and what, like what it represents, I think it's different than what I, uh, maybe used to think it represents to me being a champion is, you know, like winning, winning at the game. Um, but you're get, but the game is life. And I've talked about like, you know, the, the kind of analogy of the video game. Now the, the, today though, I, I like, I come back to this whole concept team. When I was at Boeing, they, um, they, and I was doing a presentation on, you know, uh, and like the last podcast is what I shared with you guys, literally the presentation I did with Boeing on everybody being a leader and, you know, the seven C's of a winning team. And, uh, you know, I would say one of the people that was like higher up, uh, there said, well, uh, you know, one of the drills was picking your, your word for the year. And he said, um, Luca, what was your word? You know, and, and my word was, was team. 
And, you know, to me, like championing and being a champion, like involves team. And I, I, I wrote this post about a, a year or two ago and I said, hey, man, like life is a team sport. Um, you know, it really is a team sport. You're never doing alone. Uh, honestly, if you take everybody out the game, man, like the game's no fun. I mean, honestly, the, the, the game very rarely has meaning because a lot of the things in our life that have meaning are things like our friends, our family, our communities, right? So, so I bring this all back um, that these lessons include a lot of team. Um, and so I'm going to start off with, with, like I said, this is going to be like perspectives on life, business. Um, it can be implemented in many different ways, but we'll start off with like, uh, you know, if you think about basketball, you remember back in the day, I mean, I'm not back in the day, it's still like Phil Jackson always played the triangle. A lot of things come in threes. I talk about that in marketing that, you know, people remember things in like three to five, right? If you start doing more stuff, uh, it's easier, it's easier to forget about it. So some marketing lessons for you for you too if you're doing uh if you're doing any business stuff right like three things are very easy to remember step one step two step three these are the three different things that you get um but more about that another time right but i'm gonna start with three three gaps okay and uh those three gaps are capability knowledge and teamness okay so it's my belief that we all have like more in us than, than individuals, than leaders. And I'm speaking to you as a leader because I was saying like last podcast, like everyone's a leader. And, and also as coaches, you know, and people. So to get the most out of ourselves, it's a constant exercise in self-awareness. And I talked about how important self-awareness is in, in recognition and in learning, right? So we have to recognize the gap between where we are today and where we want to go, where we want to be. And so once we recognize that gap, we must then spend time learning how we can fill it. And like I said, those three gaps are the capability gap, the knowledge gap, and the teamness gap. And let me touch on every single one of those and what it means, okay? The capability gap. So no matter who we are, how old we are, or what line of work we're in, you know, I, was, I would even say more so like hopefully, you know, what your vocation is. We've all accomplished a certain amount in our lives, and, and we should be proud of those accomplishments. Um, I always say that, you know, um, I'm, I'm leading into this from what Viktor Frankl said, like, you know, look back and, and remind yourself of the things that you've achieved and be proud of that, right? But there's always this, this drive for becoming better and achieving more in this next thing. And it's called, you know, he calls it the, um, if I'm not mistaken, positive anxiety, Right. But, but remember that success is not about what you've accomplished. It's about what you can accomplish with the talent that you possess on my Facebook. One of my favorite quotes is you can't you know, you can't choose your potential, but you can choose to fulfill it. And, and the, if we're truthful with ourselves, we'll see that there's a gap between the two. Right. There's a gap between what we have accomplished and what we can and could accomplish or what we could be. And that's the capability gap. And I talk about gaps a lot, right, about in our lives. And it's not about feeling the gap and being stressed out and anxious about it all the time, you know, and, and, and comparing and having like that comparison be the thief of joy. It's more about just understanding of like, hey, here's this path from, you know, where I am and who I am and who I want to become. So, um, you know, one of the things that I, that I love, uh, I don't know, I've, I've learned to love, I actually loved it when, you know, when I played ball, but it was like, you know, getting announced. And uh, before you go on an ego trip, I think like back in the day, it might have been a little bit of an ego trip, but uh, it, and like I said, you, I don't know, I, I, if you've ever been announced, I'm, I'm sure like everybody understands it feels good, but like, um, I, I, I'm not coming from an egotistical place saying this, right? 
because it has nothing to do with ego, uh, but everything to do with education. And what I mean by that is introductions remind me of a lifelong lesson that all successful people, teams, and organizations live, uh, or should I say live by, right? You see, the person tells the audience where I've been, what I've done, and I get reminded of two very important questions. Where am I capable of going? And what am I capable of becoming? Right? Because when I look back and see what I've done, it reminds me who I can become. Right? And it actually, it gives me inspiration. It gives me motivation to continue to move forward. Right? Because I'm proud of my accomplishments. I am. Like, and it's important for you guys. It's important for you to look back. And even on a daily basis, right? We talk about the three wins. I've said this before. Like reminding yourself of the wins that you had that day, no matter how small, right? Big and small. Because it, that gives you confidence to go like, man, I, I did this. Like you keep building on success. And, but, you know, I'm still focused on how much more I can get out of myself to maximize my talent, my potential. Like I want to squeeze the juice out of life. And once again, not be, not be stressed out by it, but like at, rather be inspired by it, right? So we've all got this gap. And those of us who strive to fill it are the ones that have the best chance to get where we want to go and become what we dream of becoming. Like that's why we see and, and read about the great athletes and the great entrepreneurs uh, and philanthropists and you know whatever may inspire you, the artists, and how they continue to work on their craft even when others think, well, that's enough for me today, right? Or the complacency, you know, like the, 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 the law of, like Ryan Stuman calls it, the law of average, right? So the best of the best understand that they have more in them. They're on a never-ending mission to fill their capability gap. And I've, I've spoke to this before in a podcast about how I used to be stressed out about this a lot. Like, you know, like, I got to get better. I got to get better. I got to work, you know, and it would create stress in my day. But now, but now it's like this kind of accept, acceptance in a way of like, this is a journey. And like, I'm curious. I'm going to work as hard as I can, uh, you know, at the th- like at my craft and my art, but not be stressed out about it. Actually be, you know, enjoy the journey, right? So, the best among us understand that accomplishment is about where we've been, right? Becoming is all about where we can go and how much better we can be. And the choice is simple to explain, but, but, but very, very, very tough to execute, right? Just like the words that we say every day, like, you know, you say things like loyalty and humility and, and uh, resilience and, um, you know, hard work and, champion you know being a champion like those are all great like words that that resound and stuff like that but man living them man that that's tough right and you can live in the past or you can work to make your future the best that you can make it so that's the capability gap now then there's the knowledge gap right the knowledge gap and in the knowledge gap we often understand that we all have a certain amount of knowledge that we've acquired during our lives from from you know from books people experience, videos, courses, seminars, you name it, right? But whatever that is, it's not enough to keep up in this essentially ever-changing world. You know, if we talk about business, I'm, I've, you know, I've spoken this before, it's, it's faster than ever. Like, you can't be complacent. You can't go two years or a year just kind of like weaning off and, and coming back and thinking that, like, you'll be in the same spot. Like, that's, that's not going to happen, Right. You know, so it's, it's, it's hard to keep up, let alone get ahead, without continuing to build our knowledge bank. And, and I like that analogy of a bank when it comes to self-esteem, when it comes to, um, to knowledge, right? We're depositing, right? Those are assets. I, I, I personally believe they're one of the most, I would say, you know, I said knowledge 
experience and wisdom are, are some of the greatest assets that you have. So I don't know, if you're an athlete, right, or, if, or it could be your, your training, like your physical training. It could be knowing more about the positions that you play, uh, you know, especially when it comes to basketball, right? Like uh, getting better at, I don't know, you want to work on your game. So you want to understand like how people guard you, what your weakness is, improve that weakness, right? Uh, for a trainer, it could be more know about more know about um, assessments. That I just talked to coach today, like man, I really got to improve my assessments. I really want to improve, you know, being able to uh, see how people move and like know. Not uh, like basically have a checklist kind of in my mind of, of of how to help them improve. I don't I don't feel confident in that, you know. And I instantly say, hey, look, man, like. FMS, FRC, FRA, you know, those are the things that you should probably be looking at and, um, and, you know, sign up for something like now, like if you know that that's your gap and you want to improve that, man, sign up for it today. Don't wait. Right. Uh, by the way, we have a functional range conditioning certification here at Vigor on May 18th and 19th of 2019, you know, get on that before it sells out. Cause they always sell out. FRC sells out always. Um, for, you know, for a coach, it might be learning more about, uh, like I said, about communication, about how to better deal with, you know, I say quote unquote difficult clients because I don't necessarily think there's such a thing as difficult clients, but just become better, you know, at motivational interviewing, at at um, creating smaller, ta- uh, I would say smaller action steps for people, like having better structure with your follow-up. Um, for a leader, it could be learning about how to deal with, you know, talented employees who don't contribute to the team. Right. So people that, you know, they got it, but they're just not like, uh, you know, you could learn that that's knowledge. And it could simply be learning what the next might be in your industry. You know, so and I, I talk about I mean, you should definitely be aware of where, where things are going, especially in a, in a fitness space. But I mean, any space in any space that you're in. Right. So all of this is an exercise in, in knowledge acquisition, like learning more about all the things that pertain to your life and your career. And you wouldn't have reached your current position without some level of knowledge, but the knowledge of today does not always determine the success of tomorrow, right? And and Nike was always, I, I love that, obviously you guys, if you ever know, like, man, I'm a, I'm a big Nike fan uh, with with the amount that I spent on sneaks and, and, and clothing, that will tell you that. Uh, but, you know, they always say get to the future first, right? And in, in order to accomplish that, like, they have to envision what the future may look like and then be prepared for that. And the same true holds for any industry, right? For those who think that they'll fail if they don't get to the future first, I'd add this to Nike's mantra, right? If, if you can't get to the future first, then get there second, but better. Uh, you, may, you may have not been the first to market or the first coach to come up with you know, some type of uh, program or, or system, but that doesn't mean that you can't learn from how the first did it and create a way to make it better, right? Innovation is not just like creating something completely new. It's just is, is improving on the things that are out there. But it, what matters most is not what you know. It's what you need to know to get where you want to go in life and in your career. And it's about filling that knowledge gap. And I've always said that there's a bridge, right? Like where you are right now to where you want to go, like you're kind of a, a on a cliff, right? Like, and there's a bridge in between and every step is either something that you have to learn from a book, from a course, from a seminar, from a mentorship program, from coaching, either people that you want to, you, you want to meet, uh, uh, organizations you want to be associated with things you have to do, right? Though every step of that bridge is like one of those things that will get you across that. 
And so fill that knowledge gap. Like, I don't know where, where you're at, but like, you know, uh, somebody said, hey, what, what are the seminars that you go to? Like, what, what is your filtering criteria? And I'm like, well, it's either something that I want to learn. So it's the knowledge that I want to get or it's people that I want to be surrounded by, you know, or, or, or work with or be associated with. It's, it's that simple. And the last of the three in a triangle is teamness, the teamness gap. And this is, you know, I would say that I'm pausing here because the, you know, I brought up the word team, right? And I can't tell you how important this is in business, right? Because every single person that I pretty much talk to, either they they have a team or they want to build a team because a sustainable and predictable business must have a team. But everything is also better with a team. I mean, that's the other part of it. And, you know, it, why, does, why does this resonate so powerfully, right? Because it's more than just a word to any group that wants to become a collection of team members, you know, willing to sacrifice for one another. Like, that's when you have a true team. It's like when you have a collection of individuals, but that are willing to sacrifice for one another, right? So, so many people just don't know the true de- definition of a team, you know, and people say, oh, it's everybody that wears the same uniform or, or where, you know, work for the same company or a group or, or something like that or on the same office floor in a building. Um, but a team is more than those who work together, those who play together or those who work in the same office space. And, and, I, and honestly, like I can tell a true team by watching them and seeing whether or not there is a teamness about them. I love this word, teamness, right? And, um, I actually heard this word from, uh, if you guys follow basketball, from uh, Shaka Smart, who's uh, currently the head uh, head coach of the University of Texas. But just like, you know, you hear something and it usually sticks with you. That definitely stuck with me. Um, And the more that I've studied championship businesses, teams, and and like I'll I'll talk a little bit about my experience with, you know, being a part of teams that were talented um, and never achieved true potential because they weren't a team and being a part of teams that were underdogs and, you know, nobody would have given us the light of day to do what we ended up doing, which was going to three final fours in four years. Um, and because we had teamness and because those individuals sacrificed for one another, and then, you know, it's the one, one plus one type of situations equals three. So, but the more I studied these championship teams, the more I saw that this teamness became the trait that all championship groups embodied, right? It was an air that they had that told you that they were together, like, you know, and you could say to all these, like, the, you know, ride or die or, you know, I got your back. But like, I mean, that's where it all comes from. It was present in everything that they did. And as I put more thought into this, I, I think the teamness comes up and I, I got this from Kevin Eastman, comes from three things, right? Three parts, should I say. And the first part is teammate. The second one is teamwork. And the third one is team. I'm going to spend a little more time on this because I feel that, that like, honestly, like if just this part, this section I'm going to talk about is that powerful that if you just take this and bring it back to your teams, wherever they are, whatever those teams are, I would even say like family's a team, right? Uh, that you'll get a lot out from it. Um, let me get a sip of my Mexican mocha with collagen first though. So teammate, right? A teammate, remember man, a teammate is so much more than a guy or girl next to you. It's, it's more than someone you practice and work with and, and that you share the space, you know, or locker room with. And, and imagine that, you know, your office is your locker room essentially, right? But being, being a teammate means that you have one and only one agenda and that's a team agenda. Like, let me repeat that, okay? It means you have one and only one agenda and that's a team agenda. Now, 
There can be no personal agendas on a championship team. Now, I'll say this. That that doesn't mean that you don't make yourself the absolute best possible. Matter of fact, you have to do that to be the best for the team. Okay? Because a teammate is someone who's over himself and into the team. Over himself and into the team. Right? So, and being a teammate is immersing yourself and doing everything that you can to help your team and teammates succeed, knowing that they'll get the same, that you'll get the same in return. Right? That's that whole thing. When you know, when you look at the other guy and you're like, man, that guy's putting in work. Like he's doing his best so that we can be our best, so that I can be my best, right? And the key part of being a teammate is understanding and accepting that role. Like in order for a team to win, it has to use the strengths that it had in each of its members. Right? And the, the truth is each role is not created equal. And I think sometimes that's when you run into problems, right? Where everybody wants to be the star. Everybody wants to do this, that, on the other, right? But on great teams, roles are defined by what you do best for that team, right? And whether the player accepts it, understands it, and execute his role is the difference between success and failure. So, and a lot of times, man, it's not, it's not easy to accept that role. It's not. Like, you know what I mean? Sometimes it's like, hey, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not first best, man. And like, my pro career, like, I was never number one, right? I, I mean, literally, like, coming off the bench playing point guard, um, being, a, being a role player, and just, and, and sometimes that was tough when the ego came to play, but I was at my best whenever I, I, I would, I would say, accept that role and do my absolute best in that role, and we as a team would be best, okay? So, that's teammate, the word teamwork, right? So, when I this, this is probably one of the most powerful. Uh, and like I said, when you say the power of words, the lessons of where you get those ter- words from. But, um, you know, years ago, I went to, uh, to Namibia, to, to, to Africa. And I'm going to share a word that comes from South Africa. Uh, but, you know, when I think of teamwork, I think of a concept that, that originates from there. And it's, a, uh, and it's this word called Ubuntu. And it means humanity. And the literal translation is, I am because we are. And at its core are two basic tenets, right? People are people because of other people. And I can only be all I can be if you are all you can be. Let me repeat that. I can only be all I can be if you are all you can be. How powerful is that? And Ubuntu is all about the other guy, not about me. I become my best when, when others become their best me. That's, that's his beauty, right? We, we must all work with each other and more importantly, for each, each other in order to bring out the best in each other, right? And if that's the thing. It's, and it's, I mean, it's so simple and yet so profound. The only way a team can work is if teammates work together. So there, there's, there, you know, and there's, many, there's many examples of teams in all sports that have a lot of talent yet never win championships, right? And often they're filled with players focused on getting their stats, right? Their players satisfied with personal attention. And even after a loss, a player who, you know, use their teammates rather than work with their teammates. Teamwork is just not important to them and ultimately find out that winning really isn't either. It's, it's just like, man, do I look good? You know, like, fuck the win. Like, do I look good? Am I getting mines, right? Now, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you straight, like, there's points in, in my life, so I'm like, not to sit up on this pedestal, because there's points in my time, in my life, especially, you know, when you're kind of in that scarcity mode, that, that was my thought process. I will tell you right now, you will never get far with that mentality, and if you're moving from team to team and thinking it's always the team, you might want to check yourself, right? I promise you, even like, as being part of different teams and 
so many different, I would say, people that have been part of the businesses that I run and, you know, how they operate. You'd see people that like use, right? They use and it's like, oh man, as long as I get mine, I can go to the next step and I can level up and, you know, be known in this, that and the other, but I don't care about the team, right? Not with my actions. And, you know, in with, you know, Ubuntu, it's, it's about an understanding that a player cannot be his best unless his teammates are at their best, right? So that, that's the, th- remember, so if you're about you, like you can't be at your best, right? But if you sacrifice for, like you become your best so you can do the best for everybody else, that's a different perspective. And the only way that you do that is to help the other players be their best too, right? Because at, at, at its core, Ubuntu is all about sacrifice. It rewards those who engage in a teamwork approach, and teamwork teams are the ones that always are left standing at the end, right? Like, you, yeah, you might win, you know, lose the battle, but you, you're not losing the war, right? You're not losing the game. Remember showing up for the game of life that we talked about. And champions are formed when a coaching, I, I would say, let's call it a team, right? Like in basketball, I'd say a coaching staff um, finds the players they need and they define roles for each player. So it's, it's, then it's the players who take over and make sure they integrate their roles into the whole, knowing that if they're missing one role, they're playing at a deficit, right? Because if you have multiple people trying to fill the same role and like they're fighting with each other to, you know, not for each other, but with each other, like, man, who's going to look better rather than like, yo, what, this is what we need to do so that we win. And then when we win, man, we're all champions and everybody rises. So it's, it's on them to know that the, wor- the parts work together and like you accepting that role. Right. And what's what, what's interesting, like I find myself in different roles in different places, right, where I, I, I also work for different companies where I'm not the, the, the I would say the, the leader boss or whatever, you know, that word is. And I, I fit my role and I and I work on doing it with to the best of my ability, whereas in Vigor Ground or the Council of Kings and, um, you know, Bushido Properties or, you know, th- like those are the roles where I'm, I'm leading. So I have to adjust to that and, and understand that. And last of that triangle, or should I say, of the three here is is team. So the second part of the Ubuntu philosophy that I mentioned is I can only be, uh, I can, I can only be, if uh, I'm just like looking at the note here, damn it, I can only be all I can be if you're all you can be, right? And and that speaks to the uh, essentially to the concept of jealousy, right? It means that I need you to be at your best so that I will be at my best. Like that's, that's big. And like, when do you give up? I would say, you know, that the ego to like literally to think about this, right? Um, I mean, there's a lot of this and, and I can, I can be straight up over the years and say there was points in time that like, it was like, man, I need this to like, people need to know this is, it's about me. It's Luca. Like I'm the guy that did it. Right. And that was ego. And I was coming from a lot of places of, of, hurt and pain and jealousy and trying to still, you know, prove the significance. And I had to go through a lot of stuff in my life, uh, from, you know, divorce to fucking things up to almost losing businesses to, uh, like you name it, right? Like a lot of pain to get to the realization of, you know, that how this is hurting me. Right. So it, you, just because you wear the same Jersey, or the same company logo, it doesn't mean you're automatically a team. And being able to, and like, and that goes from the top down, right? Because um, I have to make sacrifices for everybody else, right? And then you can, you can like, you, if you do that, 
don't expect people to sacrifice for you if you're not fully committed and you're not sacrificing for them. And it starts with you, right? Because you're the person that creates culture. If, if, like I said, if you're the leader of a team of a business. So just because you dress alike don't mean shit, right? Just because you got the same jerseys don't mean shit. Like team and teamness and these things, like they come from, I mean, essentially they come from like what you do, your behavior. Somebody will be like, man, those guys are a team. Right? And that's what I strive for like in every area of my life. And I can't say, certainly can't say I'm perfect. Um, but that is the direction, right? That is the, you know, we talk about, like I, I mentioned the gap earlier. That's the gap. But not just the gap of knowledge, but the gap of execution. So a little quick pause because I'm going to go to the next lesson, next strategy, uh, next perspective that I want to share. And that, that is the, the three dimensions of success. Yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So, when, you know, when I mentioned this, like people, you know, will ask, like, it, it seems that things t- seem to be centered around the future, right? Like, do you do not pay any attention to the past? You know, you hear that a lot, right? Like, don't worry about the past, leave your past behind, uh, so don't live in the past. And, and I'll share like what, which part of that is true and what, which one is not. So, because it, it, you know, it's a great question. So you just focus on the future. You know, then you, you hear talk, people talk about presence and mindfulness. So I'm going to kind of touch on that a little bit, right? Because it's a great question. What is important to the success of any team, organization, any individual, any business, right? Because it's not the future alone that allows us, you know, the best chance at success. The future is what's next. While, while the past is all about how, essentially how we arrived, you know, how we arrived where we are. So in, in the present, we understand the present is what we're doing now, but it, it's also like the present is what we're ensuring uh, the future that we want. So in, in order to make sure we get the most out of all that has happened in the past and apply it to what we, what we want to happen in the future, I look at it like, you know, let's, let's just call it the three dimensions of success. And, and we have to learn from the past, produce in the present, and then prepare for the future. So, and, and this is like the sentence that I kind of want to bring out. Like, we have to learn from the past and not live in the past. So it doesn't mean you, I see too many people like moving forward and actually never learning from the past and then repeating their mistakes and being stuck in that, you know, proverbial kind of cul-de-sac of life, right? All oh, the same shit is happening to me all the time. I don't understand why I keep being in these relationships. I keep making these same mistakes. Um, you know, and that's when you don't learn from the past. So it's very important that we learn from what happened in the past, but equally important that we don't live in the past, right? Don't live there, learn from it. So regardless of how good, you know, quarter one was, you know, or, uh, and we're now in quarter two, regardless of how many, you know, points somebody scored in a game, regardless of, you know, how great your relationship has, has been, you know, there's still the next game, there's the next quarter, there's the next period of life, there's, you know, tomorrow. So when we live in the past, we lose the edge we need for the present, right? So if we're living there, good or bad, right? So, man, you you, you kind of start, I'll say, believing your own hype or, you know, things that you've done in the past, you want to chill because, oh, well, well, I did that, right? Like, so now I'm just going to cruise control. No, nah, I mean, you can't do that. But same thing with ne- negative things that happened to you in the past. Like, if you live there and then all your expectations become centered around your past and, and, and the pain uh, and whatever had happened to you, that's not good either, right? You just got to learn from it and then apply it, right? Because if you don't take care of the present, it'll have a negative effect on your future. And that's when, you know, Tony Robbins talks about 
that you can see the patterns of somebody's past and usually predict their future because if they don't change, if there's not something that like, you know, like busts through the reality of their life and, and creates a pattern interrupt, um, you know, you're, you're going to see similar things happen, same things happening, but you can change, right? So it, it's, it's not that you can't, but like when people aren't aware of it and don't recognize it, usually you're gonna, they're going to live the same type of life. Um, so those who live in the past often don't have the urgency needed to succeed. Like we must be, because we must be aware of failure, but not live in the past. B- big difference, right? Failure is so personal that it can be hard to move on, on from it. And then it kind of continues to write this narrative of your future. And like, and that's what I want you to prevent. And like, that's, you know, I'd say one of the biggest things for me, and I'm sure like, look, we keep this rediscovering, like, you know, the, the things that we mess up on and, and relearn from. But I think, you know, uh, you want to, you want to make sure that you leave the past where it is and just learn from it. So if it's a team setting, right. To bring it back to team, I said a team is going to be this theme, but like to bring it back to team setting, we, we can't let our failures or losses linger, you know, in the locker room or in the, like I said, I'm, I'm going to use the lock, the lock, use the locker room as an analogy to your workspace, your, your, your team, your, your, um, your business, right? Because locker rooms that learn are locker rooms that have the best chance of coming back from setbacks. And man, how many setbacks, you know, if you've, if you've ever been in, in, in business, oh shit, if you've been in life, you've had a ton, a ton of setbacks, right? So it's, it, it's either one, you either don't rebound or you rebound a lot slower. And you know what I mean? When you learn, you can rebound faster. It doesn't mean that you won't have setbacks. You'll keep having them. It'll just be able to rebound from them. And learning locker rooms understand the importance of leadership and leaders are needed most when losses begin to build. And this is where you come in, right? Because it has to start, like I said, if you have a team, you can't necessarily go like, I'm going to wait for somebody else to like think this way or, or act this way. Like it's on you. Like you have to take responsibility for it, right? Now, we, when it comes to the present, the tagline is this. We have to produce in the present and not coast. A lot of people are coasting in life, living that life of what I call the life of quiet desperation, right? Just because we had success in the past, it doesn't guarantee success in the present. Like the past represents the lessons we've learned. The present offers the tests that we must face. So producing in the present is all about executing your role, like as, as being part of the team to the best of your ability. And success doesn't allow a day of coasting or a day of living off yesterday's success. Now, that doesn't mean like, look, you know, I, I mentioned in like one of the, the, the previous podcasts that I did with, with Steve Krebs, we talked about self-care and one of the things that, you know, I was working on more and more as my personal self-care because you need to like it's it's showing that you love yourself, that you appreciate yourself, that you care for yourself. You got to have that gap. You have, you have to have that space. And if you're an entrepreneur, if you're a leader, if you're somebody that is pretty gung ho, like you need that buffer even more so, right? So that's not what I'm saying, like as far as like you can't take a day off, right? But success is a series of tests followed by lessons leading up to the next one. And the cycle always continues, right? So that's what I mean by like not really, you know, taking, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, success doesn't sleep. Hey, sometimes it doesn't sleep. It means you got to take a break because that's really what's going to get you ahead, right? But producing in the presence is all about executing the role that you've been given to the best of your ability each day, right? And to the, to the public, it may be invisible, but to like your team, it's invaluable. You're invaluable. And like, remember team equals family team equals your business team. Are you part of a smaller team inside of a bigger company? All of that, all of that, 
right? And, and it's usually the invisible players who provide a significant difference when you, an, like when you analyze championship teams. Like everybody's got to come and play. Everybody's got to do their role. Everybody's got to be their best selves. You know what I mean? And, and also role players, man, you know, what some people might call the invisible ones, which I, I don't like that term, but, you know, sometimes it's like, yeah, it's like, oh, that's the Don Dot or whatever, but like you don't see the people that, that contribute so much. And it, but they have to trust their leader. Like, and they have to trust the leadership. And the best leaders see the invisible and value their contributions, right? And you do your job to the best of your ability and you trust that your leaders will see it, reward it, and maybe even expand it as time moves on. And I feel like that's kind of, you know, where the, like my role in Vigor Ground is as well, like really helping everybody kind of grow, like, you know, ex- essentially develop their role no matter what it is because it matters so much and then help them go to the next level, whatever that level is for them, right? But but understand that the promotion or expanded role is like not automatic, right? You can, you can be great at your role, but if that is all you can offer, chances are you have to stay in that role, right? So if you want to expand your role, you must use, you know, uh, you could call it the off season, but just, you know, when it comes to life, man, like all time is off season or nights or weekends uh, to study, work on, perfect something else that adds value to your team. You know, so for anybody listening that's, that's, you know, uh, maybe not an owner, entrepreneur, you know, and, and maybe like I say, you don't want to be that, which is perfectly fine. Like I said, everybody's got their own path, but, you know, and but you want to expand your role. Okay, cool. Well, have you learned how to do, you know, social media marketing for your company and just start providing value and like learning things that, that other people maybe are not? Now you start becoming a linchpin, right? You're taking weekends to learn this new skill set, this new craft to take a course. So over the weekends, uh, you know, maybe go to improv. So you become better at speaking. You become better at communicating. Okay. Like that's that. Listen, you can't expect to get your role expanded and somebody have to want it more than you do. Like you have to put in the damn work. Right? You got to put in the damn work and you got to show right? before you get those opportunities. And last, we have, like, we have to prepare for the future and not wish for it. Right? We got to prepare for it and not wish for it. Right? So while we take lessons from the past and we work to produce in the present, this is all part of the preparing part for the future. Right? Preparation is a critical word. I've said it so many times here on the podcast. I'm going to keep bringing it up, keep bringing it up. Um, if we're not prepared for what's about to happen or what we're about to do, we'll always be playing from behind and reacting, right? And remember the definition for preparation uh, that that I mentioned before, and is be there before you get there. Be there before you get there. And um, I, I heard the story about like you know Ray Allen, like when he hit that uh, that shot against it was I think it was against Miami, and somebody said asked him like how he did it. He's like, man. He, he practiced that shot under pressure, fatigued, you know, so many, like thousands and thousands and thousands of times, right? He was there before he got there, right? And I don't see enough people doing that. I don't see enough people pushing themselves, you know, uh, to these uncomfortable places. So when, so when the time comes, you're actually ready for it, right? And that's why, like, hey, why, you know, you know where I started speaking first? It, I mean, beyond, you know, like the, I shared my, my I would say, anxiety and embarrassment about speaking in college but like i started doing seminars at the gym first speaking in front of you know five people and 10 and 15 and 20 then you know before i ever got on a bigger stage and before i was ever called to speak right i did tens and tens and tens and tens of seminars but because I, I was just like i'm just gonna put it together and just work on it right i got there before i was there right so and, and when we look at these three time frames right past present and future let's put them in the context of what, of what um 
you know, kind of like the three, what I call the three most important days, which is yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So why are these days so important? Well, let's look at it, right? Yesterday is all about evaluation and education. What did we do? What did we learn? And then what can you take from it? Today is all about execution, making sure we do our jobs and execute our roles as well as we can in this current moment, right? Like talked about planning out your day, making sure you know, like, like, like an athlete, you got to schedule it out. Like, what are you supposed to do? What are the most important things you got to do that day? And then tomorrow is all about preparation, making sure we're not just ready for tomorrow, but prepared for tomorrow, right? The difference ready is being there and doing what is asked of me. Prepared says, I've thought about this. I've researched, I've practiced. I won't just be there. I'll bring my best because I know what is expected of me. I'll deliver my best, right? And like even, you know, whether it's for today's um, podcast, whether it's, it's for the videos that we shoot, like not always, but majority of the time I'm prepared. When I'm prepared, stuff is better, period, right? Writing up things before, like, hey, what are, we, what are the videos we're gonna shoot? What am I gonna coach on? Like, what's the story I'm gonna tell in team training class, right? Hey, listen, like there's a big, big charity team training coming up this weekend. I'm going to be ready for it with a story, with a workout. I'm going to plan it because I want, I want it to be a show. I'm going to be prepared for it. And, and so there's a power in each of these three days that can move us forward and keep us on the path to success, right? A little, a little, a little wee break and I take a sip before I go into the next success strategy. I just want, this one like be a little faster one, but none, nonetheless, this there's three, th- three um, sets that we have to have, and those are skill set, mindset. And there's one that I've reason, like I, I always talked about, right? There's you have to improve your skill sets and your mindsets. Like you're, you're lacking usually in one or the other, and sometimes you know sometimes both. But you also need a, a, a reset, right? So skill set, simple, right? Skill set applies to whatever skills one has to master to be successful at his or her craft. That is art. Uh, and you know when 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 you're in a role of like I don't know fitness you know, business owner, a lot of times, you know, you became coach and, you know, you, you work on mastering those coaching skills, but then you got to start mastering sales systems. Uh, I would say fulfillment team leadership, right? There's a lot of things. So just remember that. Just remember when you step into a different role, right? And this, this set is one, each of us as individuals, right? So we must find out what our skill sets are and then put a plan together to master them. Whatever mastery takes in terms of effort, time, and repetition, we have to put that in the plan, period. I mean, and that's like, you know, I'll, t- I'll talk a little bit about, for, for me, you know, I, I still on, on an average daily basis read about an hour and a half, you know, some days more, sometimes a little less, but about an hour and a half for sure. If I travel, it becomes even a lot more um, every day, four years. And, you know, why? Because I want to improve my skill sets. I'm still on the floor coaching. I'm running, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm at the gym a lot because I'm leading my team and I want to continuously improve skill sets. I'm, I'm going to, you know, anywhere from 12 to 20 seminars a year, improving skill sets like nonstop, right? And what, um, I, I love, I mentioned before, like I love John Gordon books, but you know, John Gordon's uh, mentioned this, but while, while talking about the, when it comes to mindset, right? And we're going to flip to mindset. When it comes to mindset, while talking about the ingredients of championship organizations, he said that teams win in the mind first, right? Getting their mind right is first and foremost. And the mind is, is powerful in terms of our confidence and our belief. And in turn, you know, how we transmit that confidence and belief to the rest of our team. I've talked about this in the seventh season, how important that is. Like, because with each new day, 
you know, I can bring any attitude to that I want to, to the work day, to the office, to the teammates. I can provide energy or I can suck the energy out the building. I can come with a focus and determination that will not only help me, but also carry over to the team. Or I can come in and be dull and non-energetic and, you know, worried and like, Ooh, and it's like, man, that's going to, that's going to rub off no matter what. Right. But at, at game time and like, yo, every day is game day. Remember like, man, Mark Verstegen book, like every day is game day. That's how I look at life. That's how I look at business. Like every day is game day. And at game time, I can arrive to compete and win rather than like to just to serve my own ego. You know what I mean? So we have to set our mind often uh, or to reset, like kind of, kind of like our, our mindsets often every day. And like, you know, I, I talked about pattern interrupts. It's like one of the previous podcasts. If you go back, I'll put the episode in, in, in the show notes. But, you know, I talked about all these different daily resets that you can do. Like if you're, you know, if your mindset gets off, if you start getting into the kind of um, the, the the cycle or or get pulled down by negative mindset, right? Like uh, and start uh, I would say seeing everything as a negative thing, you start complaining uh, and I talk about the complaining rule and whatnot, right? So you can reset that. And the power of attitude is they can spread, you know, good and bad. And winners find a way to spread positivity, energy, and teamwork, right? They can snap a teammate out of a funk. The mindset that you have for yourself is positive and we-oriented becomes a force multiplier for everybody when you come in contact with everybody with every day. And then like, that's, that's my, like, you know, my MO essentially, like, man, I, I want people to leave being better, being more fired up, being more inspired, uh, be having a little bit of a better skill set, a better energy when, when they leave from around me. Right. And last, but like I said, I, I, I kept those a little shorter cause I've talked a lot about them a, a lot, but I'm going to touch on, you know, the reset, right? Because we got it. We have to learn to reset after a mistake or after a failure. And, and I, you know, that for me for a long time was a tough one and I've become so much better at it. And I try to teach people this, right? That, that, cause one thing is for sure, like we're, we're going to experience both. We're going to experience mistakes. We're going to experience failure, no matter how good we are or how good our team is, right? Failure and mistakes are just a part of a competitive environment. So like if you're playing the game, right? And like I said, a lot of people don't play the game cause they're scared of mistakes and failure. And like, guess what? What's when it's guaranteed to not have many mistakes or failure if you don't do shit. But man, it's also guaranteed that you won't achieve anything that you want to achieve in life and, you know, feel empty and feel unfulfilled, right? So uh, leadership is not a game of perfect. Life's not a game of perfect. Um, you know, every team has is- issues, but the winners get through them and past them. And the ability to reset yourself and and your team and moving forward is the key to becoming successful, right? So th- what the best of the best say is mistakes are going to be made just make sure that they're new ones, right? Make sure they're new mistakes. Cause if you keep repeating mistakes, man, like once again, you're in a proverbial cul-de-sac, right? Like you haven't learned the lesson if you keep repeating mistakes. If I make it over and over again, if I make too many new mistakes, I should be taken out the game. I mean, like I, I remember that shit happened. Coach is pulling me. It doesn't matter. He's pulling me, right? But the fact remains that mistakes will happen. We have to learn from them and work hard to not repeat them, right? And I always like, I love when the team makes mistakes and and don't get me wrong. Like it sounds crazy when I say that in a sentence, but like if they're challenging themselves, they're putting themselves out there and they're making a mistake and I can bring to like the insight of like what the mistake was and what they learned from it, then we're on the right track as long as they don't keep repeating the mistake again, right? Because so often we fear the consequences of failure that keeps us from even like starting. It keeps us from doing stuff. And once again, if you create an environment as a leader, if you create an environment 
where people are afraid to make mistakes. Like that's fucking, that's not good, right? Because they're afraid of consequences, so they'll never push. They'll never get better, right? They'll play it safe, but safe is death. Death in the sense of you're not improving. Like, you know, like you could, you could take a proactive action to fix a customer experience issue, customer service issue, to make something better. And you don't because you're too scared to fuck up, right? So, but I think we'd all agree that, you know, we can't reap the benefits of something that we never start. We can't become what we've always dreamed of becoming if we never start. We can't fear the consequences of failing like to the point that we never start, period. Like that's, and like I said, that usually is a mindset, it's a perspective, right? So part of starting is accepting that mistakes will happen. The question is, will you learn from them? And we're, we're, you know, we're accustomed to hearing people talk about the value of risk taking and being placed in positions beyond our comfort zone. Like I talk about it all the time. Um, you know, but like even like taking, you know, taking on this building, taking on some of the things that I'm taking on right now with the Vigor Dream Project we're about to launch. You know, it's, it's in my mind, it's accepting that position and about the challenge of growing and seeing if I can do it. Right. And that's what keeps me going on those days that I knew that I had to get better. Right. I, I have to make sure that once I reset my mindset, I was going to keep it that way. Right. I f- refuse to focus on failure. It's all about challenging my capability level. We talked about that at, at the beginning. Right. And with that said, like it just shows like how these things are all interconnected. And so understanding these these triangles, understanding like. And, and just having a perspective of, you know, knowing where you're at with that is going to help you so much become a better teammate, become a better leader, become a person that's constantly filling that gap. Okay. Now I want to like touch on something. This is a constant, like overcoming an overwhelm. Like I know me and Krebsy talked about this in, uh, in, in one of the uh, like previous podcasts, not, not long ago that it's been having phenomenal feedback. And, um, so I wanted to like give you a short kind of like how to overcome the overwhelm. Like one of the things that, that helps me out, right? Because we all experience those days or weeks where, you know, there's so much coming at us that we almost feel paralyzed. I mean, you, you ever feel like that? Shit, like I, I feel like that a lot still, right? Like it, it, I just know how to overcome it. It's, you know, St- uh, Stephen Pressfield talks about slaying a dragon. Man, I'm slaying dragons every morning, right? It's just like once you've done it a number of times, you start getting more confident about slaying the dragon. But then when you take on bigger challenges, guess what? The dragon becomes bigger. So I got I to gotta deal with that all the time, right? And so you know you need to do something, but you don't know like which something to do. You ever feel like that? Right? I mean, I, I certainly still do, even though I map out and prepare and everything else, right? And the thing is that we pressure ourselves with a constant reminder that we have like more to do and we need to do it better. And that's, you know, part of like sometimes what drives people to be successful, but everybody gets overwhelmed. We all get overwhelmed, right? We have, we have a longer list of things to do than we have time in a day. And we, we all feel everything is important and we all want to do everything right. And we want to do it right now so we can get on to the next thing. And obviously we understand not everything's important. You know, we talk, I, I talk with Jay Ferrugia about essentialism all the time and, you know, success is more about cutting things out than adding things. But you know, one of the things is like when I feel the pressure cooker, it, it you know, and it, it happens to everybody. Like, man, I, when people say that they don't have any of that, it's like I, I laugh because it's like every single successful person that's been honest with me, uh, you know, it happens to all, all leaders, right? The important difference is that, you know, what do we do about it? And here's a list. You know, I, I, I got a lot of this from, well, actually, somebody got it from Kevin Eastman, but um, 
the first one is is kind of like a uh, also a Dan John derivative. I'm sure like this goes back and people learn these uh, these uh, lessons from from down the line. But the first one is keeping the main thing the main thing, and the second one is about priority management, not time management. I'll, I'll, I don't go and give you guys a little insight on which one what each one of those is. The third one is making time and not finding time. Number four is like plan your day. Don't don't just show up. Right? We talk, you know, it's, it's easy to go like, man, just show up. Man, plan and show up and execute, right? Make decisions. Don't just shuffle paper. Extend the game. I'll I'll, I'll love that one and I'll I'll share with you what that one means. Make time to think. Um reading a great book called the road less stupid. It's a great title too, but talks about thinking time and it goes in depth and I'll talk more about it in one of the next podcasts, but, um, making thinking time, like every successful person, Warren Buffett is like what I learned from Warren Buffett was that. And, um, and I'll share what, you know, like why you should plan that out for yourself and then simplify, simplify, simplify. Right. So let's start with keeping the main thing, the main thing. It's always about what is most important and, you know, I work hard to tackle and complete that first, like, tough, you know, it's kind of like the eat the frog, right? The, uh, that, that, it, the first thing that's the most important thing, if you get that out the way, man, everything else becomes so much better in, in that day, right? So, and this takes discipline and focus. And then it's, it's about priority management and not time management. So my priorities are all about what I need to do, not what I want to do. Right? I structure my day with my priorities placed in my schedule first, then I'm building any, anything else that I want to get done. And if you do that, like I said, it's hard. Like you, this is where the you know, simple but hard comes into play. And, but when you get into the habit of doing that, it's the only thing that you'll know. Make time, don't find time. As fitness pros, like we tell this to all our clients all the time, but is it the same for you, right? We're always saying, hey, I can't find time for this. Like, and you, man, I can't tell you how many of you guys say like, oh, I get so annoyed with clients when they say that. It's, the thing is, man, like the same shit, like I'll be like, okay, cool. Like have content creation time. Oh man, I don't find time. It's the same thing. You got to find the time. Like I learned, I learned a long time ago that I'll never find time. Right, so now I only concern myself with the concept of making time. I make time to read. I make time to think. I make time to train. I make time to develop the team. I make time to, like I said, to, to for self care. Right, the more you make time, the more you get things done. Plan your day. Don't just show up today. Right, I plan my day in the same way I plan practice. When you know when I was when I was training. Like when I was an athlete, how do I plan my day? Like, man, I get up, I do this, I go train, I do my shots, go lift, I go get food, I take a nap. Like, man, I plan that, right? So build a, build a schedule that you can sustain and start with a day plan. Like, so it's still like making a plan for the next day, the night before, much better. Plus, you, you essentially end up brain dumping, which helps you uh, not be so stressed out. Make decisions. Don't just shuffle paper, right? So this is a reminder that decisions are part of each day. I need to do my due diligence and then make decision, period. A lot of people avoid decisions and then decisions are made for you. The longer you don't make decisions, guess what? Sure, like have all the information, have an educated guess. I mean, I would say make an educated decision, but that but that doesn't mean that like, man, like you, you need to prolong that shit longer than you need to be prolonged. And a lot of people prolong it so long that life or somebody else will make the decision for you. Here's what extend the game means. And like, this is why I love this, right? It's a saying in sports that means that you have to get more out of the clock. So in basketball, we, you know, you, you'd file an opponent to, to where they have to shoot free throws and we get the ball back with, you know, 
no time coming off the clock. You guys see see that all the time, right? Like it's 30 seconds to go and you're down by six. Like, man, you foul them. So you hope that they miss a free throw. You make a bucket. Like you start inching your way back. So I, I essentially do the same thing now, right? If If I have to pack more into each day, I might get up 15 to 20 minutes earlier, 30 minutes earlier, stay up a little bit later, right? And extend my day. All right, man, let me, let me, let me take these extra 20 minutes and plan for another thing that I didn't know I was going to do today, but an opportunity came up. I mean, tomorrow and an opportunity came up. So I'm going to extend that. I'm going to extend the game. Make time to think. We can't make quality decisions unless we put quality thought into them, right? So don't get caught on the treadmill of the workday. Make time to think. Good decisions are a priority for success. And it's, it's interesting because like this was me too, like going, man, like if I take 30 minutes out of the day, 30 to 40 minutes out of the day, just to think oh, I'm wasting time, right? I'm wasting time because I'm not creating, I'm not doing, I'm not right. Like it's that, that, uh, like feeling of that you have to do stuff to feel worthy. And yet at the same time, it's like those 30, 40 minutes will save you sometimes years, months, days, because, you really thought something out. You know, was it a good decision? Was it not a good decision? And like learning to think, like I said, like read some of the top biographies and autobiographies and you'll learn about, you know, people, like I said, like Warren Buffett, who, uh, you know, would take time out of day to think. Some people will take an hour out of every single day to just think and write and have specific questions. Like I said, I'll I'll share that one of the the following podcasts, but it's very, very, very powerful, right? Because it'll save you time, right? Thinking time will save you time. And at the end, simplify, 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 right? So for me, simplification takes away a lot of the hesitation I get with complexity. And I I shared before that like, man, we make things complex usually, like it's a subconscious thing to avoid it, right? Oh man, well, that was so complex. Like I just couldn't get it done, right? Because when it's simple, it's like, did you do it? Did you not do it, right? Like you have to admit that you just didn't do the shit, right? So complexity causes doubt and doubt causes hesitation, and hesitation hurts productivity, period, right? So those are some rules for the day that essentially I would, I would have you like write out and have everybody follow, right? Um, and I'm going to finish with this, this, last, this last part of today uh, because like, I, I definitely have a lot to share, um, not only just in notes, but thoughts. And, and, you know, when I started talking about everything, how teams in basketball related to teams in business. Um, but, you know, I talked about championships first, right? And what, what, what champions are about. So there, there's some simple realities that like being on a team that's trying to win a championship. And the most important is that you have a choice. You can choose to collectively sacrifice or you can choose to be a personal agenda person, right? And one choice has proven to give you the best chance to compete for a championship. The other is saved for the articles about the teams that, you know, could have but never did. And the teams that had talent but focused on individual talent and never gelled as a group. Teams that should have never been in the championship mix, but uh, that should have always been in the championship mix, but just never were. And I'm, you know, I mean, I mean, even right now in sports, you can call those out. But in, in your own personal life, think about, you know, where that played out, where you're in a business and it's just like this all-star team and never gelled, fell apart, the whole thing went to shit. Or, you know, a group of individuals that weren't maybe the best on roster but it didn't make things happen, right? And as members of teams, we do have the freedom of choice. Like everybody has the freedom of choice, but we'll never have the freedom from the consequences of those choices. One co- consequence of the choice to play 
you know, self-centered in, you know, your sport, your business, whatever, is you'll never have a chance of winning a championship. Think about this. You want to be self-centered, man, you're either going to have to play a solo sport, but no sport is solo. Even then you got coaches, you got people around you all the time, right? But if you play self-centered, you'll never win a championship. So here's a list of a champion's mindset that explains how champions think. And I'm going to literally, this is the last thing that I'm going to do for today uh, and share with you. And if you want to write this out, like we're laminating this um, for my for for my team, and um, I, what I read, like I've read it many many a times, but when I read it, I still get fired up. Champions are about getting in and getting up, and not giving in and giving up. Champions are about pulling together, not pulling apart. Champions are about sacrificing for others, not creating for themselves. Champions are about the team results not who gets the results. Champions are about finding solutions, not placing blame and pointing fingers. Champions are about building one other up, not tearing one another down. Champions are about playing the team way every day, not their way. Champions are about the end result, not their results. Champions are about what it, doing what it takes and not just taking what they can get. Champions are about being prepared, not just being ready. Champions are about the competition, not putting on a performance. Champions are about fighting for the team, not fighting with the team. Champions are about consistency and not about doing it one time. Champions are about respecting their opponent, but fearing no one. Champions are about execution not about doing their own thing. Champions are about doing the little things, not seeing those things as too little. Champions grasp the concept of every and stay away from whatever. Champions don't get down in adversity. They get involved in a solution. Champions are about giving the energy to their team, not sucking it out of their team. Champions are about raising their team's emotion, not hijacking their emotions. Champions are all about winning, having no time for numbers players. And champions are all about one agenda, not their agenda. Simply put, at the end of the day, champions think we, and we will not accept the thought process of me. And when you walk in through the walls of victory round, the first thing that you see is rise as one, us and we. And, that's, and, and it has to be that. And I would encourage you, and hopefully today, today's podcast, um, help with some strategies and perspectives of championship teams and how you can, you know, improve yourself so that you can be the best for your team, no matter what position you're in top, middle, bottom. I don't even think that really exists. True, true teams are one, right? And yes, sure. Everybody has a role, but true teams are one. With that said, something that you heard today, apply it, do something about it. Don't just, you know, like, whoa, man, that was, man, that was powerful. Okay, powerful. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to execute? Remember, yesterday, today, future, right? Tomorrow. What did you learn today? What did you learn from your past? What are you going to, what, what insight did it bring up that you're able to now apply today so that tomorrow is better? That's what's important. Like, I always wanted to do this podcast to spread how I coach and what I coach so that you can hear it and actually do something and it moves you forward in your life.
So I encourage you. I, I encourage you to do something, man. Like hit me up, hit me up. Tell me what you did. Right. I love hearing like the success stories or like getting snapshots of like, man, after I heard this, I did this. Right. I love it. And with that said too, I really appreciate. Thank you so much for the reviews. Keep them coming. Like I said, share it because once again, this is how we spread this message. This is how we spread this podcast and help people take a nap extra step that 1% get 1% better every single day or man get 1% better every week that's 52% better every year that's that's amazing right just keep moving forward and I, I, I love and appreciate you for tuning in for spending your time you know with me where you could have spent it any anywhere else uh, and like keep those reviews coming I'll be back with another episode of the Vigor Life Podcast Coach Lucas out peace <laughs>